Welcome to the Retirement Plan Playbook. I am Brent Pasqua, and I'm here with Matthew Thiel and Joshua Winterswijk. On the show today, we're going to discuss this massive drop that we're having in the stock market right now due to the coronavirus. The S&P has dropped over 7.35% from its recent high as of February 25th, which is Tuesday afternoon. Matt, I want to get your opinion. I thought this virus was contained based on just that cruise ship off Japan and also in China. What has really happened to cause this panic? Yeah, Brent, it has been a, a panic in the last kind of four to five days, and, and I, I did think it was contained as well. And it does kind of look like it has been contained in China. The number of new cases they're reporting has looks like it plateaued and is maybe starting to drop a little bit. But what's causing this recent panic is Europe. So on Friday, it was announced that Italy had, had about five cases, and that's now jumped up to a couple hundred. And the problem with that is as Josh knows, because he's traveled to Europe, it's very easy to hop on a train and get to most of Europe, right? right? All, everything's connected. They don't even check passports. So now we have cases in Spain, Austria, Croatia, Switzerland, and France. Not to mention there's quite a few cases in the Middle East as well. So it's starting to grow pretty rapidly. Are they concerned more about how this affects people health-wise or really the economical challenge that it puts businesses in? It's probably a little bit of both. But the reason the stock market is declining is because of the economics of this. I mean, you know, the health is obviously another factor, but it's economics. Is it a concern, do you think, that the CDC came out today and said that there's a possibility that they're, you know, going to shut down schools and get prepared for businesses to work from home? Is that also contributing to some of this panic? It could be. I mean, the U.S. has had a really lagged response on the coronavirus, so it's good to see the CDC out saying something. Um mm-hmm. They said a pandemic is likely. So that, that is some cause for alarm. And I, I think that, you know, it makes sense for people to take some precautions in their everyday life. Josh, what exactly is this coronavirus? So I'm not a doctor, just to go throw that disclaimer out there. But uh, a coronavirus is a virus that jumps from animals like bats, pigs, mammals to humans, um, also birds. Um, and it causes a respiratory tract infection in humans. And I want to say I was reading too that it can be gastro as well, right? I think the coronavirus, right. this strand of the coronavirus um, can kind of affect your, your gastrointestinal system. Because I think when it first started coming out, like the symptoms were limited in what we knew like people were actually feeling but it sounds like more symptoms are starting to be described as it's starting to advance is that true yeah that's what it sounds like matt do you want to touch more on on uh the symptoms yeah so the symptoms are basically your everyday flu right it's a fever it's a cough it's ache and pain maybe you feel a little shortness of breath Uh, some people report nausea or diarrhea and to most people it is just a regular flu who get it, right? And and they become fine. The risk is, you know, to the elderly or people who have immune deficiencies or who have some kind of respiratory problem. Um, that That's where we see the death and why we do see the alarm. Being a parent who has young kids, I mean, it doesn't appear that this has a tremendous effect on kids or what have you heard so far? According to my research, it hasn't killed a single kid. Okay. Uh, most of the deaths have been... Um, elderly people right respiratory issues or people that are struggling with other elements it seems like exactly josh how easy does the virus spread researchers estimate that infected person can transmit the virus to anywhere from 1.5 to 3.5 people on average 
that's that's pretty insane yeah i don't really know and maybe you guys can elaborate i I really don't know how that compares to other viruses but that seems to be spreading at a pretty alarming rate and if you look at some of these other viruses in the past like sars and mers and all of that it seems like their contagious rate was a lot lower but with this like people are spreading it at a much more rapid pace yeah from my understanding i think the virus spreads at a rate that's four times faster than the normal flu Mm-hmm. Though in a way, you could make the argument that to most people, this is just like a normal flu, right? Because they, they seem to recover pretty fast from it. Yeah, and I'm curious to see wh- how quarantine cities is actually going to help this situation and if it really does. I mean, is there other way it spreads? Is there other way, you know, can you really quarantine an entire population of people and then stop the spread? I mean, historically, I don't know if that's even worked before. I don't know if it has, but we'll, we'll know in a couple of days because that's what the Italians are doing. Right. If you Google that or, or look up pictures, they have quarantines and check marks and checkpoints. And essentially, it sounds like they're kind of locking down the areas where that have been the worst hit. I and think it, we'll learn a, a lot of from just it kind of spreading to different countries because the information only coming from one country, we don't, we don't know how great that information really is so spreading you know if you can take one positive from it is that you know other countries and and how they're treating it will bring more light and more education and more information about the virus yeah um how dangerous is the new coronavirus matt it appears to be less deadly than the sars Uh, i think when was sars was that the early 2000s no i think it was more recent Uh, well maybe yes sars was around there so SARS killed 10% of people that had it. Coronavirus kills under three. So coronavirus's last number I had was 2.9%. Uh-huh. And that number is taken from the Wall Street Journal. So it's, it's a lot less deadly. I just think there's more people getting it, yeah, which it's, is creating it, the fear. It's an infected way thousands and thousands of more people at a much more rapid rate. And I think they have really no handle on it at this point. Yeah. SARS, I got the info. SARS was 2002. Oh, 2002. Yeah. So early 2000s. Um, I, I, it's kind of neat. I have this chart up and it shows all the cases in the world as of uh, February 25th, uh, Tuesday. And one thing that's interesting is warm climates. It doesn't seem to be spreading as fast and there's no deaths. For instance, there's no deaths in Singapore and they have an infection. They have 91 people reported infected. But Iran has 95 people, 95 cases and 16 deaths already. And is that due to healthcare systems, or we think that's more weather or climate related? Maybe yes to all. Right. A little of both. If someone wanted to look up that chart, because it is a good chart that you, you pulled up, where can they find it? I actually found it on Twitter, mm-hmm. but it was a Bloomberg reporter who tweeted it out. Oh, awesome. So maybe going to Bloomberg would work. I think the thing that, that's sort of interested me the most about a lot of this, especially over the last two days, is... What has caused the stock market to finally go into this panic when we've actually known that this has been going on for six or seven almost weeks now? I mean, it really started to hit hard to the media in January, but there was also like some words that that had been coming out about this early on and even towards the end of the year. But what has made this actually hit the market in just this last two days of this downward effect? You know, it's kind of crazy how the stock market works because- I would agree with you. When when they shut down China, I was like, there's no reason the stock market should still be going up right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, China is such a big economic player. They import and export so many goods and, and their economy shut down. They basically told no one to go to work for two weeks and the market didn't react. So I, I think that's what we're finally seeing now. The stock market finally got, got the hint that this is bad. 
mm-hmm. and it's spreading and not being contained. So a global recession is on the table. Right. Like, I, do you want to travel to Italy today? I think it was Italy. I, I mean, that was when that Italy news broke. I think that's when you really saw that change with the media's, you know, information and when that stock market actually kind of turned was once you saw that jump to Europe, like you talked about, of how catastrophic this could be by getting to Europe. But why does it take so long to hit the market? Because if we saw the contagious factor be so high, and we saw it spreading through China pretty easily and quickly, I mean, it was spreading like wildfire, and the markets weren't really reacting. It had one bad day or two bad days in in the last five or six weeks in the market. But then all of a sudden today, it gets to Europe with a few hundred people, and all of a sudden, now we have this strong feeling that it's going to have this global impact. Uh, I'm curious why, though. Why now? I mean, there's just no controlling the market. I mean, it does what it wants to do. And I know that's kind of a weird answer, but I've been doing this since 2003. Mm -hmm. And there's never really a a true rhyme or reason to the stock market. I mean, look at the... In 2007, everyone knew there was a credit crunch coming. Everyone knew housing was overvalued. People knew there was a big debt problem in the economy, but it took till 2008 for the market to start actually crashing. Right. What I think is interesting too for investors and clients and people who have their retirement saved in the market is when you get to these times in the market where we're in uncharted territory, right? We've never really had a virus in modern history start being this contagious and spreading this rapidly. SARS and MERS were, were much more smaller number. Ebola was a much, much smaller number. We've never seen something like this before. And when something really starts to happen where there's so much uncertainty about how this actually plays out, that's when I think some of this panic sets in. And we saw in 2008, right? It was one thing led to the other. We've never been in this debt crisis before. Here's how it plays out. And you've seen it historically across time that when we're in these uncharted territories, you've never, ever, we've never had this stuff happen historically. Then this real panic sort of sets in in the market. Because if I ask both of you right now, like, how does this coronavirus thing play out? What's its long term global impact? There's nobody that can answer that question right now because, I mean, nobody knows. Yeah, it's uncertain. And that's one thing that the stock market hates is uncertainty. Right. That, that's why the market usually drops right before a, a presidential election. Right. Because it's uncertain who the, what the outcome is. But how many times are we really certain? Never. So m- markets are volatile. Yeah, they are. <laughs> and this is, this is, I mean, we're down, I think your number that you gave at the start of the show was 7.5%. Right. That's normal. I mean, you should be expecting the stock market to fall at least 20% every year. Mm-hmm. And if you can't take 20% pain, then you, you need to readjust your portfolio. Because that, that historically, that's been the average drop. Yeah. And I think what is also interesting too, is seeing how people actually start to continue to react out of this. Because if you look back also historically, and you see all of these large gains that had happened last year, in some of the years past, like to start the year, we were cruising along. Besides a little bit that happened in Iran, we were kind of just cruising along. But there, it always, after a big year, there's something always that seems to happen, or a lot of times will seem to happen, that disrupts what we think is going well. And this is just another, another one. But that just means, you know, the world is always changing, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Josh, how do you think or how will the virus impact an individual's retirement? You know, because a lot of people's money is invested in 401k plans or different plans. The first thing I think of, and Matt, you, you had kind of mentioned it, it's really kind of instead of panicking, reassessing how much risk you can take. Because if the market, you know, losing 7% right now after such a great year last year and a great start of the year, if losing, you know, 7-8% right now is, is hard to stomach, now we need to reassess how much risk you're actually comfortable with taking. Right. 
Yeah, and you, and you look at a, if you, someone has a globally diversified portfolio, which is what we preach our clients do, that means they have bonds. Right. And bonds have been on an absolute ripper since this started. Yeah, they have. Right. I, I mean, I think interest rates are at a 30-year low. Is that correct? Or even at an all-time low? Yeah, we're, we're at lows again, interest rate-wise, too. So. Yeah. And a lot of clients, if they are wondering, you know, what happens in this time period, and, and we go over this with our clients all the time, when we are in a down market, if a client needs cash for income, we're not selling their stock positions right now to create income. We're utilizing their bond positions right now if they need money that's converted to cash. So really, it doesn't pose a trigger for us to make any type of a solid reaction that has to be done or a scared reaction. Yeah, exactly. Sell high and buy low, right? Absolutely. So Matt, what stocks are going up because of the coronavirus right now? Yeah, so I don't think it's wise to invest your money based on the coronavirus or to allocate, you know, part of your portfolio to coronavirus stocks. But we have seen some interesting stocks going up, and I'm probably going to butcher this company's name, but the first one is Moderna. Yes. Is that correct? And and they have a drug in trial right now, some sort of vaccine that's being fast-tracked, but it doesn't sound like it'll be any time until that gets approved. Yeah, it sounds like this is the company that the CDC said is kind of leading the charge in the vaccine, right? But I mean, this virus could be dead by the time it ever has a vaccine now. Is that right? Yeah, from my understanding, that's correct. Yeah. So that stocks up a lot. Another interesting one always goes up whenever the market goes down is gold, gold ETF. But I mean, what are you going to do if, you know, if this gets worse? You're going to take a, your brick gold and, you know, shave some off to go buy food at the grocery store? Right. There's not going to be any food at the grocery store for you to buy with the gold. So kind of right. useless there. This is a no-brainer. What about Clorox for the bleach wipes? <laughs> sure. We've been using them here. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we, we bleached the conference room today pretty good. And then two plays that you wouldn't really think of um, that are newer is Zoom Media, who does video conferencing for when we do screen sharing with clients. That's interesting. And then the, the texting messaging app, uh, Slack. Is that because companies are possibly gearing up to have people working from home if this gets out of control? Yeah, I think we'll see a lot more people working from home. And I mean, that's what the CDC already suggested. So hopefully, you know, large corporations start to let employees work from home. Yeah. And so that sounds like that is a real possibility that large companies could be working from home and they'll be using this technology to do their work task, but just not be in person to spread it from, avoid spreading it from the workplace. Yeah, they will. And then along the same lines is the Peloton, you know, they make the exercise bike with the TV on it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Have you been on one of those, Brent? I've been on the bike before. I haven't tried the treadmill, but they're neat technology. That's for sure. Yeah. I tried one on vacation in Hawaii. Uh, Josh, have you tried one? No, I haven't tried the Peloton actual branded bike. Yeah. They're pretty cool. But uh, yeah, that stock's been going up. Um, Full disclosure, I do have a position in it, but I've owned it um, almost since it came public. So I didn't buy it because of coronavirus, but it's going up. I guess same thing. People are going to do less group exercising. So that's why it's going up is people are going to start avoiding the gyms and start working out at home, essentially. Yeah. This is a lot of speculation. It is a lot of speculation, but it's fun. Yeah. This is the fun part of it. I mean, this is, I guess, the mentality of what people are doing in the market. I mean, why else would Peloton be going up right now when there's all this panic in the markets when the only stocks When everything's going down. Yeah. I think that's fair. There's a lot of forecasting, a lot of speculating. Yeah. But you know what? We, like I said before, we are in this new territory and and, and even people on TV and no matter what the articles are that you read, there is a lot of speculation going on right now on what's to take place. And I think the, the media fuels it. 
Absolutely. Oh, yeah. You saw CNBC. The market was down. You know, they always say a thousand points, which isn't that big of a percentage drop, but they were doing their CNBC market turmoil special. They had the whole crew out, Kramer, Josh Brown. Why do, why do they always report points? Because it freaks people out. <laughs> when the market's down. Like, it, it's always the amount of points on the screen. Uh, yeah, uh, I don't know why they don't say it in percentages, right? Because percentages are more relative to what happened historically. Yeah, yeah. I mean, how do you re- relate a thousand points to my investment portfolio? Right. Like, I mean, you're having to go through a couple different variables to come up with how much you actually are affected. Right. And a thousand points 20 years ago was unheard of, right? Like, so. Yeah, I think that was bigger relative. than the crash in 1987 on a points <laughs> yeah, basis. Yeah. So. <laughs> Yeah, they're just trying to get ratings. Everyone's in a ratings war for those of us who are still watching uh, cable TV. But it is entertaining, right? I mean, it can be somewhat entertaining if you you like the news. Yeah, I guess. But you have to know the difference between entertainment and what's reality and not get scared over it. I mean, which brings up the last question that I really have is, uh, how really terrified or concerned are you with what's going on right now in the market and with the virus? You know, I'm I'm terrified. I'm not really terrified of the virus, but I'm terrified of the way people respond to these things. Right. So we, if you Google grocery stores in Italy, you'll see the stores have been absolutely raided. There's people waiting in line. And this is really just for a, a common flu that has a slightly higher death rate than we've seen right. for, for flu, right? We know it doesn't really kill people who are under, call it 60 years old right? and healthy. So I'm terrified. Uh, I don't want to get this, obviously. I don't want to be sick. Nobody wants to be sick. Right. But it's, it's really the human and government response. I mean, I also don't want to be quarantined. Right. Do you, I mean, do you want to be quarantined? No, only if it protects my family would I, would I be wanting to do that. I mean, everyone wants to live their normal life and they don't want to live in fear. Why should we? I guess, is our concern with the supply chain getting cut off from China right now? Is that part of the concern too? That's the whole reason the stock market's going down is everyone thinks that we're just going to quarantine the whole world most likely, right? Right. So not even now the supply chain in China, but again, Italy and it spreading there kind of opened up a whole nother can of worms. Right. And a a whole nother supply chain sector. So I think, you know, that's why it's become even bigger deal over the last few days and and with the market and just that whole Europe opened up a lot of different opportunities for this disease to spread. Does it really concern you that much with the virus or do you think, you know, this shall pass? No. Uh, a- after doing a lot of reading too, uh, I mean, we have, I was reading some research that we have one of these types of influenza outbreaks a year mm-hmm. what, in some place in the world. And and um, I'm not too concerned, um, you know, and after reading, they're saying that it's relatively low risk health-wise. But I am curious because it is unpredictable. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that unpredictability just makes you think, you know, are you prepared for any sort of disaster, pandemic, or, or anything like that um, right. when they come up? It reminds you that there are threats out there. And um, just kind of curious to see, like, what happens next, Right. you know? And so, not, not, not terrified. I wouldn't use that word. Right. Um, I'm, I'm just more interested. Yeah, and I think it, it is sort of an opportunity for people who have avoided the market for so long because it's been high that some of the things that we've been talking about in the past was dollar cost averaging or putting a little bit of money in the market slowly as we've you got a little bit of this sell-off things are on sale it does provide a little bit of opportunity i think everyone needs to proceed with caution i mean whether it has to do with the virus or the market i mean we are in 
some of these territories where, where we're not familiar with and, and we're not sure what's going to happen over the next couple of months. But hopefully it's just sort of this blip on the market timing and we can move past it. I am curious to see what happens. I think all of us are. But hopefully we move on from this very quickly. And, and I think for a lot of our clients you know, who are sitting and maybe concerned or they just re- retired or they're getting ready to retire, I mean, these things happen. Historically, we've seen a lot of things happen in the market. And um, at the end of the day, we just kind of stay status quo and we have a plan in place. And be, when you have solid plans and you don't panic or freak out over these types of things. So, Yeah, well said. Can I give one pro tip yep. before we close the, the show? Uh, you know, we should all just stop shaking hands in this country and, <laughs> and the virus would not spread. Like if we did that, we put a little mask on two weeks, this virus would be knocked right out. But everyone likes to shake hands here. So when you see a client or you're meeting somebody new, what are you going to do? You're going to like dab them on the shoulder or something? I think today I shook my client's last hand until uh, this virus is taken care of. Did just, you? just wear gloves. What's the upside? Yeah, I mean, I think people are going to We're, we're still human. Yeah. There's only how many cases right now in the US? 35? I see you every day and we don't shake so hands. So you shake hands, you're probably going to shake hands more with people with the actual flu than you are the coronavirus. That is true. And you've been doing that over the last year. That's a good point. But anyways, <laughs> I'm a big no handshake guy going forward. <laughs> did you, Brent, did you um, answer the are you terrified question? Yeah, I did answer. I just think, think we need to be cautious right now. But So um, are you, are you not terrified? I'm not terrified. With 35 cases in the U.S. right now, I'm not terrified. Okay. I think we need to be cautious. I think there are some things that can be interrupted in our supply chain. I think if somebody de- is dependent on prescriptions or certain medicines, that they should probably stock up on those because we don't know what's going to happen like there could be that mad rush to the stores. So maybe like that disaster planning. Yep. I I don't think it's a bad idea to have some of that earthquake kit style stuff. And if there is a time where we can be stuck in the house for a couple of weeks, well, they get this thing under control, then you just need to be prepared for it. But I don't think it's a time to be extremely panicked and terrified. I think the market hopefully will stabilize soon, but I mean, we'll see what happens. Yeah. So thank you for joining us on the Retirement Plan Playbook. To learn more, please go to retirementplanplaybook.com and you can also access the show notes. See you soon. Thank you. Thank you. And remember, don't shake hands. RPA Wealth Management is a state-registered investment advisor located in Rancho Cucamonga, California. Registration does not imply a certain level of skill or training. RPA Wealth Management may only transact business in those states and jurisdictions in which it is registered or qualifies for an exemption or exclusion from registration requirements. A copy of RPA Wealth Management's current disclosure statement, Form ADV Part 1, containing RPA Wealth Management's business operations, services, and fees is available by accessing the SEC's Investment Advisor Public Disclosure website. RPA Wealth Management will provide Form ADV Part 2A from Brochure and 2B Brochure Supplement to interested parties upon request. Information provided on this podcast should not be construed as a solicitation or offer or recommendation to acquire or dispose of any investment or engage in any other transaction. RPA Wealth Management does not render or offer to render personal investment advice or financial planning advice through its podcasts. RPA Wealth Management podcasts are intended for information and educational purposes only.